Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. What's working is we just playing together as a team. Guys are hitting shots. Guys are sharing the ball. Guys are like having fun out there. Not really worried about individual stats and things like that. We're just going out there playing hard, playing together. And there's always room to improve. We still got to improve in certain areas on the defensive end of the ball, on rebounding, improve on communication, just getting things sharper. There's still a lot of work to be done, but right now I think we're in a good place. Don't want to get too high, get too low. Just focus on one game at a time. There's Derek Favors on the Jazz Mindset. Six straight wins. Going for seven in a row against the Pelicans. The same Pelicans they just blew out on Tuesday. He's got right knee soreness, but he's probable. That just seems to be permanent on the injury report now. Uh, Elijah Hughes is out with left ankle sprain. Jazz are all set up, PK. Time to go make it seven in a row tonight on TNT. Yeah, you know, I was watching the ESPN game last night. Houston and uh, the Suns. And Mark Jackson was just raving about the Jazz. And now they're going to be on TNT, get some little folks here. That'd be good. Get some more national exposure to the broader population of NBA fans. You and I and our listeners and Yach, we all know about the Jazz and hardcore NBA does. But let's see how good they are. You know, it's an opportunity to maybe to show a little bit different. And I think that when you got so many games one after another, you know, if you have a little extra motivation or different motivation, maybe it's a better way of saying it. Take advantage of it. Push your record to 11-4. and four. Jump on these guys early and put them away. Take away their spirits and their very will to compete. Kind of like they did when they uh, blew them off the floor in the third quarter Tuesday night. Yeah, but do it right in from pregame even. <laughs> 8 o'clock tip, so sap their will to live about 740 with some really strong warm-ups. Yeah, oh yeah, you can tell. All right, TNT, 8 o'clock, Jazz Game Night. The pregame show starts at 7 o'clock here on The Zone with Jake Scott and Tim Lacombe. Hashtag NBA. Sexton out front against Green. Sexton steps back. Three. There's another one. Colin Sexton. An absolutely incredible display of long-range shooting. So now Trey dribbling, driving. He floats it up there. And a jam by Clint Capella. And the Hawks lead. 121 to 113. In Detroit, they are befuddled. They call timeout. Leonard driving right. Gets in the body of Halliburton. Oh! Kawhi Leonard climbs the ladder for a major Kawhi light. Big time slam for the claw to make it 101-88. He's got 30. His second shot is no good. Rebounded by Anthony. Two seconds left. Anthony for the win. He throws it. Paul Anthony gives the magic a victory. Improbable. Unbelievable. In Minneapolis. Cole Anthony with the jumper at the buzzer. Orlando 97, Minnesota 96. Next year's team, PK. Suffering a heartbreaking loss. Oh, the Wolves you're speaking of? Yeah, next year's team. Oh, yeah, they're going to be good. Uh, At least just once before I die, and I hope to live several more years. We don't know that. They have a Cole Anthony, Greg Anthony's son. Pretty nice shot there at the buzz. That was uh, exciting for those two teams who are going nowhere. And you heard a Kawhi Light. 
Kawhi Leonard with 32 points. Clippers blow out the Kings, 115-96. And, of course, the Jazz and the Clippers and the Lakers at the top of the West. You are just mentioning the Jazz need a win to get to 11-4. Well, that victory last night put the Clippers at 11-4. The Lakers are also 11-4. So, Jazz a half game back of both those two teams going into tonight. Kuwai. I like that. Kuwai. Uh, overtime games. Had an overtime game, and we had a double overtime game in OT. The Hawks beat the Pistons 123-115. Clint Capella, 27 points, 26 rebounds. Those are some massive numbers. Yes, they are. And in double overtime, Colin Sexton went for 42 points, and Cleveland beat the Nets. Kyrie Irving playing again. Durant, Harden, Irving. All playing together for the first time in the Nets uniform, and Colin Sexton goes for 42, and the Cavs win in double overtime, 147-135. Sexton's my guy to watch. I've been pumping him now for a few weeks. He didn't play when the Jazz played them, and the uh, NBA preview or review, whatever free preview I guess it would be, is on this week. Normally it's the midway point of the season, which this week normally is. So the point being that I was able to watch that game because it was on my free television and I did watch it and he hit a three right at the end of regulation Sexton and then just went nuts in the overtimes with threes wow man it was incredible Kevin Love who wasn't dressed he's injured but he was going berserk as Sexton was just making shot after shot it was just unbelievable and I know we throw away throw around that word constantly and uh watching him play he just outdueled everybody for a stretch there those overtimes and that last possession of regulation he was the best player on the floor when you have some pretty good players on that other team over there in brooklyn phoenix suns are fourth in the west the game you were, uh, were watching the suns beat the rockets 109 103 and your guy deandre ayton he's your guy if he plays well but if he doesn't but if he has a big stat line 26 points 17 rebounds and they win well there you go well, I tell you, I listen to Phoenix Radio a lot when I go to the gym, and they have been talking, James Jones is their GM, been talking about how his performance, speaking of Aiton, so far this season has been very uneven. It's He's not very aggressive. He's passive, does fadeaway jump shots, doesn't go to the free throw line, all the things that you're looking for with big men. And they've been talking about how they're going to just really sort of get in his face, and Chris Paul, I think, is showing up. This is something that, unless you're following it, a little closer than normal you wouldn't understand the influence that Chris Paul's having telling this fellow hey listen young man you're big you're tall you can run you're athletic you got all the skills in the world but you got to add the passion and you got to go up strong don't put the ball on the floor when you get an offensive rebound find a way to keep it high and go strong when you're standing right underneath the basket and you're 6'11 well for one game you could see it made a difference. And if he could play anything close to this, the Suns are very much capable of getting that fourth spot. You know, the Warriors started poorly, and Steph Curry said, hey, we got to start winning and all that stuff. Well, they've, they've won two in a row and six out of nine now. They beat the Spurs 121-99, to blew them out. And Steph Curry, 26 points, not outrageous, but 11 rebounds. Didn't expect that out of him. And he also had seven assists, and the Warriors win easily. And they're starting to play a little better now, tied for fifth in the West. Yeah, that's about what I thought they could do. 
After witnessing some opposing players disregarding new league rules, new league rules against unnecessary contact on game nights, the NBA is moving team security into the midcourt area to dissuade violations that include hugging and handshakes, according to a league memo sent out this week. No more post-game hugs and handshakes. They've had to cancel some games, and games mean money. No pre-game handshakes. Done with that. No pre-game, no post-game, no nothing. When's that start? Because last night there was plenty of it. <laughs> the memo apparently was obtained by ESPN yesterday, so I'm assuming today? Better get on it then. Mm. Execution for not just the team and the players, but for the, the staff. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. College hoops tonight. We got a lot of games. 7 o'clock. BYU plays Portland. First home game in a month. Portland's 0-4 in the big sky. BYU coming in with an 11-3 record. That game's on CBS Sportsnet. Yeah, Portland's (laughs) 0-4 in the WCC. CBS Sportsnet to pin tonight, PK. Be there. Uh, If I were them, I would drop down to the big sky or just quit altogether. Southern Utah is playing Weber State in Ogden. That one's on KJS 14 at 7 o'clock tonight. 5-1 Southern Utah, second place in the conference. Weber State's 1-1. They've had a bunch of games postponed. Utah's in Pullman to take on Washington State. The 2-5 Utes, the 2-4 Cougars. Possibilities abound, PK. Pac-12 Networks. Can the Utes win on the road? It's 12 straight conference road losses. Well, you look at the Utes. I mean, the possibility of anything and everything. And they beat Stanford, one of the better teams. They took UC Los Angeles literally right down to the right last second, and they're the best team at this point. So Utes have the talent. That's what's maddening is that they've shown and stretches in games, obviously, with these halftime leads. They've shown. I mean, really, you can look at it, and there's really no reason outside of just head scratching that they they're not five and two. But nevertheless, you are what you are with the record, and they're two and five. After Washington State, they're going to play Washington, and there's only one Pac-12 game last night, and Washington won it. Their first Pac-12 win. They beat Colorado, 84-80. You always talk about head scratchers and shockers in football. That's one in basketball, right there. Colorado went in five and two, and Washington went in zero and seven, and nonetheless, Washington won. You're telling me Washington won that game? Yes. Colorado? Washington beat Colorado. man. 84 you, yeah. you cannot let that happen. That's what's that's what's maddening. And I think you get, and maybe you get that a little bit in the pros, but you certainly get that in college. You know, I guess it's because kids are a little bit younger and all that stuff, uh, and you end up with stuff that just doesn't make any sense, and that's one of the things that didn't really make any sense. In the Mountain West, Utah State goes for their 10th straight win in conference play, their 12th in a row overall. They're playing Colorado State again, team they just beat soundly on Tuesday in a 17-point win. That one's at the Spectrum. That's a late game. 9 o'clock? Holy cow. 8.30 the pregame with Scotty G. Fox Sports 1's got the game at 9 o'clock. They're tied for first place. Boise State uh, trailed Fresno State at halftime last night, but uh, 173-51 pulled away in the second half. So both those teams now 9-0 at the top of the conference. And we'll see if uh, see if Utah State can get to 10-0 tonight. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Yeah, we don't play that game this week. That's the message to everybody. 
we play the Packers in the NFC Championship game. You start thinking about the Super Bowl, get your ass beat and be packing your bags on Monday. <laughs> you missed that on Phoenix Radio? That's Bruce Arians, former Cardinals coach, now the Bucks coach. He's a tell-it-like-it-is guy. He's very entertaining. I told you that one story. Some rookie had a, had a knee injury. He goes, oh, he has a knee problem. And, well, I thought it was an ankle. Yeah, it was, but that was before when before I stuck my knee all the way up as you know what. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's any danger of looking ahead to the Super Bowl. The fact that you're playing the Packers in the NFC title game that, that's a tremendous amount of achievement already and a tremendous opportunity. You're playing the Packers with Aaron Rodgers and all that stuff. That would that'd be one of the last things I would look for, especially with the team with so many veteran guys. How do you look past uh, a trip to Lambeau Field, Frozen Tundra, NFC yeah. title game, against a quarterback who, A, is a first ballot Hall of Famer, Already Super Bowl champ, and he's thrown 50 touchdown passes this year. You know you're getting tested. This guy's on top of his game. Well, yeah, I haven't seen a line, but I'd have to imagine that the Packers are favored, so you're the underdog, so I wouldn't think that would be a possibility. You're going into a legendary venue. Football stadiums don't get the venues sometimes the way, like, baseball does maybe, but, you know, Green Bay, Lambeau, Vince Lombardi, Frozen Tundra, on and on and on. Green Bay's favored by three in that game. Yeah. And Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes did practice in a limited capacity. It was in a uh, – they went indoors, and there was no no room for media, so they didn't get to observe it. Uh, it was supposed to be a longer practice today. So it's a step towards playing on Sunday, but it's still unknown. If he hadn't practiced, if he hadn't practiced, that would have been a big old red flag on missing the game, but uh, it's yeah. a step towards it. Mm-hmm. Lions hired Saints assistant head coach and tight ends coach Dan Campbell as their new head coach. He gets a six-year contract. He'll be introduced officially today. The Lions, is there a sorrier franchise in pro sports? One playoff win since 1957. They've won a single playoff game. That's, uh, what is that, 63 years now. That's not much. No, that's amazing. Right, and it's over a quarter century since they won that one. I'd have to look it up, but I think it's 93, 94, somewhere in there. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Pac-12 announced last night that Larry Scott's 11-year tenure at the helm of the conference will end on June 30th. His original deal ran through 2022, but it'll be shortened by one year. He'll remain on the job until his successor is named, but they want to have someone in place June 30. He issued a statement, I was in pro sports for 20 years. I have now been in college athletics for more than 10. It's a great time in my life to pursue other exciting opportunities, Scott said in a statement. This moment when college athletics are moving in a new direction with the conference soon commencing the next round of media negotiations, it seems like the right time to make a change. Doesn't feel to me like he made the change, PK. Well, anytime you're fired, you're making a change. Yeah, so essentially he was fired. I was thinking maybe he would get a last-minute pardon, but uh, it didn't turn out that way. Uh, yeah, it's been an absolute disaster. One thing after another. Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, we'll have on Dennis Dodd, who spoke with him, Larry Scott, last night. Uh, interested to see what he says. He'll come on at 9.30. Uh, looking at stuff this morning, uh, he did a, a Scott did an interview with Sports Illustrated, talking about uh, biggest regret, I think, was not getting a better TV deal, making it too long. Although, you know, he sort of, 
it's funny these guys you know he wants all this money and he's been getting it but then he wants to act like well it's a big joint decision uh, okay well you can't take credit for stuff and then when things go wrong well it's a joint decision we all decided this uh, obviously it hasn't worked out the exposure and the distribution has been pathetic the numbers have been pathetic because they've been uh, surpassed dramatically and obviously in perception wise they've been they've been passed dramatically so I think we all knew it was coming I did not know it was going to come 18 months before uh, t to me I would just as soon have them out today I mean, why let them stay on for another six months and get somebody interim in there appoint uh, some a couple of uh, athletic directors from the conference or something but uh, now it's uh, who's it going to be what visionary is going to be out there talked about how he tried to get the 16 member conference uh, which was very fortuitous for utah that it did not happen they would not be in the pac-12 right now if it did happen if oklahoma and texas came and took two of their uh, buddies with them uh, or four of their buddies with them uh, from the big big 12 and i don't have any problem with that you tried something it was a swing and miss but you tried it and you went you went huge and then you came in there and then he talked about how he's uh he said, reading the Sports Illustrated thing, he's very happy with Utah and Colorado, specifically Utah. Uh, I told you that time I was in the restroom at uh, Sun Devil Stadium talking with a Pac-12 official who said they were just ecstatic with the Utes because of guys like you and me. They bring so much attention uh, to the because we're just nuts about U of U sports in general and obviously football, and they love that. So some good things, but th this was an inevitable move. It absolutely felt like it was going to happen, and I get they are happy with the Utes and the, the passion around Utah. I think they love all the people showing up at the Pac-12 Media Day and putting the Pac-12 people on the radio, and you know whether it's web stories or uh, TV or whatever. I mean, love all that, but it also screams that for all the problems that are Larry's, and he's got a whole list of problems that make this inevitable, there are also problems that aren't Larry's. You know, the fact that the passion here stands out so much and it doesn't stand out in other markets. Uh, you know, just the fact there's fewer people in this part of the country is going to be a problem also. Uh, so the, the new visionary, as you put it, is going to have to have, uh, you know, some answers and some ideas how to work around those problems or uh, at least minimize them and, and maximize what is possible. And obviously it doesn't feel like they came anywhere near that. It feels more like they made problems for themselves. And that's why there's going to be a new commissioner. Arizona State, your Devils promoted Antonio Pierce to the sole defensive coordinator role. Marvin Lewis will remain on the staff as a special assistant to Herm Edwards. Pierce and Lewis have been co-defensive coordinators last season. Lewis interviewed for NFL jobs this offseason. Yeah, he did. I think the big story there is that the U of A came calling for Antonio Pierce, and he's a U of A guy, not anymore. But uh, that's where he played before going on to the NFL. I think he was a junior college guy first. And then made his way down to Tucson. And when they fired someone, uh, they came sniffing around. And ASU had to do something in order to keep Pierce. Now they look at him as the coach in waiting. He's a very charismatic guy. Was in television with Herm uh, at uh, uh, ESPN. They were doing stuff. And so... 
they really like him, and he's a big-time recruiter, so I think this is part of the process. He got some more money out of him. He gets a title, and I don't think Marvin Lewis really cared about whether he's this or that in this title. Anyway, he's best buddies with Herm, and he can do what he can do. But the point being, ASU had to sweeten the deal to keep uh, Antonio Pierce on the staff, and they did. Texas Longhorns have hired Washington's defensive coordinator. UW loses their defensive coordinator, Pete Kwiatkowski. He'll have the same position on Sarkeesian's staff. He had made the move with Chris Peterson. He was a Boise State guy and went to UW in 2014. So I think Oregon's the team to beat up there, but Washington is clearly supposed to be one of the challengers as well. A loss there, the defense coordinator leaving. Why do you think Oregon's a team? You said that all the year. You just default to Oregon all the I time. I do. And who won the Pac-12 title game? I know you don't like it, but who won it? And who's been getting all the uh Who won, the, who won the North? Washington. Okay. <laughs> That's why I said Washington's supposed to be one of the challengers. They're the defending champion. They're not a challenger. Yo, there's no champion of divisions. You've told us that multiple times. Of the North. They won the North. Doesn't matter what I think. They won the North. Coming up, we'll talk Pac-12 football with Chris Hill, former Utah athletic director, is going to join us at 8.30. And as PK mentioned, Dennis Dodd will be here at 9.30. Where does the Pac-12 go from here? Who might they be looking at? How many of these problems can be fixed and how quickly? We'll talk with Chris Hill at 8.30, Dennis Dodd at 9.30. Also, NFL playoffs this weekend. John McClain, longtime NFL reporter for the Houston Chronicle, be here at 8 o'clock. Craig Bullerjack, TV voice of the Jazz, at 9 o'clock with the Jazz playing the Pelicans tonight. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.